Ladies and gentlemen, jesters and fools, gamers of all ages, welcome to the Tabletop Clown Society, where we sent the dragon home and the dungeon is closed for maintenance. This is a show where we test out different indie tabletop role-playing game systems by running one-shots for each other. My name is Sydney Claire, she, they, and today I will be your ringmaster. And these are my clowns. Introduce yourselves, clowns. Hi, I'm Ray Newman, Daisy. Honk, I'm Florian Collins, he, him. Thanks for the honk, Florian. Yeah, thank you. I'm Bobby Michelle, they, them. Today's game is called Brindlewood Bay, a dark and cozy mystery game created by Jason Cordova. We will be following a group of old women who are part of a murder mystery book club in the small Massachusetts town of Brindlewood Bay, where they frequently find themselves solving actual crimes, and it's framed as like an episode of a detective show. There's a few mechanics that you should know before we dive in. This game is partly based on the Powered by the Apocalypse system, so when the players make a move, they will roll 2d6 and add a modifier from one of the five stats, which are Vitality, Composure, Reason, Presence, or Sensitivity. If they get a 6 or lower, it's a miss. If they get a 7 to 9, it's a success with a complication. 10 to 11 is a success, and a 12 plus is a success with extra benefits. There are a variety of different kinds of moves, and we can explain those as we go along. Whenever a player makes a move, they'll get to hear the risks in advance, get a chance to back down, then hear the possible outcome of their role once it's made. And if they're unsatisfied with that, they can do something called putting on a crown to avoid the outcome. So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. So you'll hear things that don't happen as well as things that do happen. Additionally, there are no predetermined solution to any mystery in this game. Uh, We'll meet the suspects and find clues and figure out the solution together as we play. Today, I'll be running the first mystery in the game titled Dad Overboard. And I'll note that traditionally, this game includes several mysteries and is designed to run for about 12 sessions and has an overarching plot about taking down a dark conspiracy brewing in the town. But for our purposes, we're aiming to do one mystery and just give a taste of what the campaign might be like. So let's hear about our old ladies. Uh, Ray, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So my maven is named... Cassidy Cathaway. She goes by Cass to her friends, and you can decide if we're friends or not. She (laughs) moved here from Minnesota about 20 years ago. She's having a great time. She actively believes in ghosts. Her cozy activity is tarot cards, which neither she or I know anything about. She's just decided that her retirement goal is becoming a witch. She's (laughs) done no research into this and is going on vibes only. I love that for her. Her dead husband's name was Chester. He was a bird watcher, but like the fancy one that gets paid for it. What? Wait, wait, you get paid to watch birds? You get paid to bird watch? it's called an ornithologist, and they like categorize birds and like write down things about them and track migration patterns and shit. That's a bird scientist, right? Yeah, it's like a bird scientist. I feel like that's separate than a bird watcher who gets paid. He also watches birds. <laughs> no, I like it. I like that he's just a bird watcher that gets yeah. paid. Yeah, he's a bird watcher and he gets paid. There's this one really rich guy that he just pays him to watch birds and he sends him pictures of birds and he gets paid for it. Well, he doesn't anymore. He is dead. <laughs> he died about five years ago. <laughs> He died five years ago in an accident with a bird feeder. It's kind of unclear. <laughs> it's a bit unclear how this resulted in his death, but um, we do know that the bird feeder was involved. There's an ongoing investigation. It's not. Does Cass think that there's an ongoing investigation? Yes. Okay. Cass is pretty sure that supernatural forces took a hold of the bird feeder and killed her husband with it. Huh. I see. They had a son. His name is Jay. He's very sweet. 
and she's got a pretty decent relationship with him and his husband and her granddaughter, even if she doesn't really see them very much, considering she's moved several hours away. She also has a fluffy orange cat that she's named Donna, and she's always with her. Is she supposed to bring it in stores? No, but who's going to stop her? Yeah. She worked at, like, a conservatory for birds, clearly. Clearly. And then she retired. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) So, one thing that happens in this game with, like, the character building process in session one is after somebody introduces their character, everybody else, based on that character's description, picks an item for them to have in their inventory, which is called the cozy little place. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I'll I'll give you for your inventory is I feel like Cass is the kind of person who would always have a bag of cat treats in her purse. Correct. My first thought, which I will not do, was I was going to say it's the bird feeder that killed your husband. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, as a weapon? <laughs> she just walks around swinging it. I fashioned it into the top of a cane. You have your husband's old bird watching journal. Nice. I think you also have your husband's old, like, binoculars for, like, bird watching and Thank shit. Thank you. All right. Florian. Yay. My character is named Sandra John. She's an older Australian woman. She moved here midway through high school. She's got sandy blonde hair uh, and her family moved here and she decided to settle down here with her high school sweetheart. Her little activity that she does that keeps her, you know, calm on these stressful days is uh, she partakes in illegal street racing. <laughs> How old is she? Yes. Great. <laughs> is is there a big street racing scene in Brindlewood Bay or does she have to go somewhere else to do that? Oh, she made the street racing scene in Brindlewood Bay. <laughs> great, great. Which ties into her, her special thing that she has, which is her prized possession, her car, Grease Lightning. It's a little beat up, it's a little run down, but you can of still course. see where the paint used to be. Mint condition. She takes care of that baby so well. Um, it reminds her of her dead husband, Daniel. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, uh-huh. Don't worry about his last name. It definitely isn't Zuko. For sure. <laughs> Fucking Danny Zuko? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's Sandra D. Motherfucker. <laughs> Did you not realize this? I somehow didn't get that until right now. Sydney. I'm playing a character who moved here during high school named Sandra, who has a car <laughs> named Grease Lightning. I'm okay. Did you not realize okay. it took Danny Zuko? It took you until Danny Zuko to get that I'm playing Sandra D from Grease. It's been a few years since I've seen Grease. I'm going to tell you guys a fact about myself is I don't know if I've ever actually seen Grease all the way through. I know I've seen some pieces, but not the whole thing. I've never seen Grease. I was just in a high school production of it that I knew was bad. So yeah, Daniel, her late husband, actually died pretty young. It's been a while since she lost him. Uh, He was in a car accident. (laughs) They had a daughter. She was only like three or four when he died i thought you were gonna say that she also died no no the daughter's in the formula one now she moved to europe and she races in the f1 nice good for her yeah she's always been a stay-at-home you know mom stay-at-home wife and you know now she just races nice good for her i'm gonna say she has one of those fuzzy car dice yeah she's got like a toolkit to fix up her car with like a bunch of wrenches and shit it is definitely one of those like ones they make specifically for women that are like pink and shit i feel like that fits. i don't know i feel like she's someone who has a lot of like 
obnoxious keychains on her keyring. Oh my god, yeah. The world's most powerful lanyard. Yep. Yeah. How do you think she scares off all the big beefy boys that try to get her when she defeats them in street racing? Of course. Alright, Bobby. I'm playing Deborah Thornton. She's lived here for about 10 years since her husband tragically passed. It, completely natural causes he he died. Uh, they never had any kids, although they wanted kids. She does have a pet ferret. It's brown and it just kind of <laughs> hangs around her neck. It is alive. Like a scarf? <laughs> it's not dead. Just when it's hanging out. Are you sure? When when she has the ferret, it like hangs around like her shoulders. She used to be a nurse, but she retired about 15 years ago. And she just, she really loves to garden and can always be found in her front yard uh, tending to her plants. She's definitely got a shovel. She has various sizes of shovels. She's got several shovels, yeah. I'm really getting a theme with my things. She's got a she's got a book on edible plants that you can put in your garden. And it's got a little okay. section on which plants are very poisonous. Deviating from the definitely not dead husband theme, I'm going to give her like a fancy teapot and tea strainer because I think she yeah. can make tea with stuff from her garden. Oh yeah, I think she loves making tea. Deviating from the theme, here's a murder weapon. A teapot? A teapot? You said to make tea out of the stuff in the garden. Oh yeah, no, I get what you mean. But she didn't. Yeah. Ki- she hasn't killed anyone, so you know. Definitely not. Yeah, no, she hasn't. Definitely not. Proof. Mm-hmm. She's actually just been building up a resistance to iocane powder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we begin our actual game, we have one more very important task to do, which is the rolling of the clown die. Ray, would you would you like to explain? Yeah. So the clown die is the origin of the brand TM. It's a black and white D12. It's got the numbers one through eight, a frowny face, a smiley face, and there are two clowns. The clown die is of unknown origin. My younger sister walked up to me years ago and just handed it to me because she assumed it was mine. I'd never seen it before in my life and we have no idea where it came from. It's an omen of something, for sure. I'm not quite sure of what, but we generally have been using the clown. To roll for the general energy of the upcoming session that we've declared our clown ranking. A lot of times we get a 7, which is, you know, common enough for D6s like the game we're about to play. But this is a D12. Not quite sure why we keep getting 7s. Anyway, we'll see what today's clown ranking is in just a second here. It's a fucking 7. Oh my god. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm dead serious. Oh my god. We gotta test and see if that dice is weighted. That's the real clown. It's us. Yeah. Yeah, we we are the clown. Oh, one other thing I have to tell you about this mystery is that there's a thing called complexity rating, which factors into eventually when the characters will make a theory of, you know, who committed the crime. The complexity level is six. This will become relevant later. I'm supposed to tell you before the game. All right, now sit back, relax, flip on the old reruns channel, and enjoy this episode of Brindlewood Bay. The camera pans around the loft at the top floor of the Candlelight Booksellers, where the murder mavens hold their weekly book club meetings. What would we find here that shows how you've personalized the space? There's a couple potted plants. There's a sign-up sheet for the next street race. 
She's trying really hard to get them to join. It's <laughs> never gonna happen. No, it's not. You all are discussing the latest issue of the Gold Crown Mysteries, a book series by Robin Masterson featuring the super sleuth Amanda Delacorte. Yeah, well, I really like the part where she found the, like, pin mm -hmm. in the pocket of the coat that she picked up from the dry cleaner. Yes, yes. There was feathers on there, and that's how you know it was connected to the ravens. Yes. Yeah, but the ravens then ended up being, like, a nothing plot. So, like, what was the point of, like, it? They'll what come mean? back later. I you don't know they'll come back no, later. No, it's gonna come back later. I think it was just, like... Knock, knock, knock. Hello? It's the ravens. I'll get it. I'll get it. Creek. It's the sound of me opening. Standing outside... <laughs> You see Sheriff Wyman Dalrymple, who is an older man. He's kind of shorter, and he, he's got, like, a kind of permanent sort of disgruntled look on his face. And he, like, tips his hat to you and says, evening, ladies. Evening. You want to sit down? I absolutely do not. I'm going to make this quick. Now you know I don't like having to do this. I have come here to ask for your assistance in a matter sorry what was that my hearing's absolutely <laughs> shot dude we've yeah. come to ask for your assistance one wealthy financier albert kraus was dragged out of the bay yesterday dead oh and his family seems to have been on some sort of yachting vacation and they're anchored a little out from the shore and they're all insisting to me over and over again. He he fell overboard. He fell overboard. He was drunk. It was a party. You know, and I just, I just, I don't buy it, but I can't quite pin down any evidence. And if, if we can't get anything, we're going to have to let him go. So if you could help just insist, just to, just to prove that there's foul play involved, we, we don't need you to solve the whole mystery. It's just sort of a consulting kind of thing. That would be that would be very helpful. Of course, yeah, we can we can help, and you know we're we're really uh -huh. busy, but like we can we can make time for you. We always make time for you guys. The cards have told us to avoid conflict, so we won't be getting in any fights. Do, oh, why? that's good to know. Thank you, thank you, Cass. He, he puts a hand on his face, just like rubbing his temples, just like what? Why? Why was fighting one of the options to begin with? I don't. Well, you, you never, never know. know. Okay, uh, ladies, I'm gonna have to insist. That you don't start any more active fights or or cause any sort of sheriff, other problems. Sheriff, I don't start fights with. though. I don't. I don't start the fights. I. Mm, I do finish them. That I. I, I knew you were gonna say. I knew you were gonna say that. Anyways, the body is currently being held in uh, cold storage down at the old fish market. Uh, until we can sort this out. You put him in the fish market? Why would you? Is he a fish? Sheriff, you do know that's a person. I am aware that that is a person. It, it, it was complicated. The fishmonger's an old friend of the Krauses. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot of storage. What if they turn him into fish? I don't think that's how that works, ma'am. Someone's got to check. If he's a fish or... We gotta go make sure that he's not fish. To make sure that they haven't done anything with the body. Yeah, just be my get. Just go, you can go on down to the market you can see the body just do whatever you're gonna do but don't just don't break anything don't fight anybody and sure you... i can promise you that i won't fight anyone that's you see you're doing that thing again where you're being really specific and i, I feel like it's it. leaving out some of the some of the possible options i won't fight anyone 
you know what? That's great. And he tips his hat and he closes the door. One other thing. Another establishing question, which is given, is you've met one of the Kraus children in the past. The family, there was Albert, uh, who's dead. There's the wife, Allison. They have a daughter named Sarah, another daughter named Leah, and a son named David. Which of the children have you met before and, and how did you know each other? I think Deborah knew David. I think they met at a plant shop. Cass met Leah at a like Home Depot type store where she was staring very intently at the various models of bird feeder, trying to determine which one would be the safest to have in her house. Leah seemed kind of put off by the question of which bird feeder will be the least likely to kill me, but you know, she did help. Nice. So we've got that. We're going to cut. Where would you guys like to go? I think to the body. We got to go see if he's a fish. Sandra just goes, right, everyone, my car's outside. You know, it's it's systematic. It's, so it's hydromatic. It's ultramatic. We got to get in grease lining. She does this every time. I, your car is so loud. The cast, let's just go. We'll just go. And you all hop in your car and you speed off. It cuts to the car driving up outside of the fish market. The fish market is lively. Fishmongers are tossing bass and, and trout and things around. Like at each other, like just <laughs> throwing them. Performing for the crowd, you know, getting 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 people interested in, in buying. Cass is keeping a very tight hold on Donna, her cat, because we are surrounded by fish. <laughs> and Donna is trying very hard to um, be thrown in the air at the fish. It's not it's not going great for either of them right now. I don't I don't know why you bring that cat. She's a helpful mystery tool. I feel like in this situation you should put it on a leash. Why would I put my cat no or in a bag? She's a free spirit. She's a free spirit and she should be allowed to roam as she pleases, except for right now, because I feel like she would eat all of our clues. Yeah, as long as she doesn't eat the body. She might. Well, keep a tight hold on her. Uh, what do you see that reminds you of what you love or hate about the fish market? Deborah doesn't like the smell of fish. Sandra remembers home. Deborah's making that face that all old ladies make when they smell something horrific and she's just really like she's looking around the entire time just looking very displeased Cass has been here once or twice to get special treats for Donna when she has an exceptionally good day it doesn't happen very often Donna is a rascal and a menace (laughs) but sometimes she's fine are you guys looking for anything in particular were we given a name for a fishmonger or did the sheriff just say the fishmonger you guys would probably know one Etienne Beauregard And looking out through the fish market, you see this man. He's got like a long silver beard and he is putting on like a show essentially that he does for tourists where he does this dramatic and bad French accent. He's like, I'm the romantic Frenchman of the sea. Come purchase all of this fish of passion. And he's like selling fish. And he sees you guys, and he waves you over. Hello, dearie. I have decided right now that Cass hates this man. Deborah loves him. <laughs> Fantastic. Hates fish, <laughs> loves him. I don't understand what you see of him, but all right. He's, he's a nice man. I don't know. What, he's very he's, fun. He smells of fish. 
Well, that's that's a downside, but it's okay. Debra! Oh my god. Hi, how are you? My favorite customer, and he does like the thing where he does the two kisses on your cheeks. She blushes. It's <laughs> like, come, come. And he leads you guys off towards like a cooler, and he's like, anyway, so uh, we, we got the body over here. Uh, he just immediately <laughs> drops the accent. <laughs> you are much easier to listen to without the accent, by the way. Well, yeah, I'm aware of that, but it makes less money. I like the accent. I don't. The accent's fun. Anyways, I'm told that you're, you're supposed to come uh, check out the body. That would be great. And he leads you guys over to, there's like a stack of crates and laying on top of them is what you can assume is a corpse wrapped in plastic. Oh, you, honey, you should have at least put him in like a cooler. Yeah. Well, he is in a cooler. This is, yeah. Okay. He's on ice ish i mean it's like it's you know and it's cold when did they bring him in here maybe 2 a.m one or 2 a.m has anyone come in here and like mess with the body or anything anyone you don't recognize or people you do recognize i'm gonna have you make a roll okay there is a move called the meddling move essentially if you're searching for a clue conducting research or otherwise gathering information you describe what you're doing or you know it happens and then you will roll with the approximate ability i'll say that this is probably do reason or presence okay i'll do reason eight so that is a complication he looks back towards you a little bit and he goes uh why don't you come back with me and we can we can talk in Private. The other two of you, you can look at the body. I just need to talk to you for a moment. Well, I mean, whatever you want to say to me, you can say in front of my friends. It's not that. And he's looking around the room. This is your chance. Go. Now? Yes. Okay. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And so he takes you (laughs) outside of this cooler and pulls you off into like an alley sort of thing. And he goes... Okay, this is a little weird, but... Yes, it is. I, I, I didn't even say what was weird yet. I'm pretty sure that somebody broke into that freezer last night, because I know I locked it up after I left the body in there. And when I came back, it was unlocked, and it seemed like there were there were some like scratches and stuff around it. I don't know. It, it seemed a little weird, and I wasn't able to get it to lock back up. The tarp of the body also seemed a little bit shuffled around, and I don't know. I just don't... I don't trust it. I don't know if somebody's listening in there or if if they left something i don't know i just i just didn't like it so didn't think we should say it in there i don't know thank you for telling me this was this was nice we should do this more often just not not in an alleyway investigating murders no talk <laughs> get that ass deborah <laughs> get that ass deborah. i i feel like i need to make you roll something but i don't know what that <laughs> would <even> be <laughs> um <laughs> composure to not immediately make out with him. I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not just gonna kiss him. She could. She's not going to. They're investigating a murder. And he just goes, I mean, yeah, that'd be nice, you know, you could go fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been fishing. Well, we gotta change that. I guess we do, yeah. He, like, tucks his hair, punches his hair. 
<laughs> he has long hair, by the way, now. He's got, like, long silver hair and a long beard. <laughs> this is fucking bad. What about Saturday? That This should be all cleared up by Saturday. Yeah, I could do Saturday. We'll, we'll talk about this later, but there's a dead guy. Mm-hmm. You're in this alleyway, and you hear footsteps from behind you, not towards the market. You see a figure dressed all in dark clothes. They have a hood up, some sort of mask covering their face. They approach you very quickly and you see what looks to be like a glint of something silver in their hand. And they lean in towards both of you and they say, Are you looking into that cross murder? No, we're planning a date. Can you get out of here? (laughs) (laughs) They pull out a gun. They fully do pull out a gun. And oh my God. make a. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to make a day move for me as they go. Don't try that shit with me. Drop this now. So, day move is when you are doing something risky or faced with something you fear or dangerous. Name what you're afraid might happen to you if you, you know, were to fail or if something were to go bad. Uh, and then roll with an approximate ability for what your response is to someone pulling a gun on you. She's afraid that (laughs) her or the fish man, who I forgot his name. (laughs) His name is Etienne, I believe. Etienne Beauregard, yeah. She was really worried that uh, both her and him are going to get shot. She's old. She's not going to grab the gun. I think she's going to try and run away. (laughs) Great. Uh, Give me me a roll. Great move, Deborah. Go, Deborah. That would be whatever the physicality one is hold on vitality that's the one yep seven on a seven what would happen is you try to run away and they reach out a foot and trip you and you fall forward twisting your ankle a little bit and etienne kind of uh, like backs up sort of towards the wall coward and the figure just goes drop this and they run off if you're cool with that result, yeah. that's what happens. And you gain a like sprained ankle condition. Okay. Conditions for this game are anything that it can be emotional, physical, anything really that would have an impact on the way a character rolls. So like if later Deborah was trying to like run away from something and they hadn't resolved the condition, you would have disadvantage. Got it. Uh, you can resolve conditions by taking a cozy action, which is you have like an intimate moment conversation with one of your other mavens while doing your cozy activity. So yeah, you gain the sprained ankle condition. And Etienne's just like, oh my god, are you okay? And he like tries to help you out. She's like, I'm I'm fine. And just like holding on to him. She doesn't need to be holding on to him as much as she is. <laughs> She's like, I'm great. I'm fine, but I think you should you should help me back to the freezer. We should I should share with the others. So at that point, we're gonna cut back and see what happened in the freezer while that was all going on outside. <laughs> okay. Cass is going to try and sense the presence of a ghost because if there's a ghost, it was unfinished business and clearly someone murdered him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, call that a, I'll call that a meddling move. Excellent. She's going to put down Donna and she's going to pull out her cards and she's going to try and sense if there's a ghost. I guess that's a sensitivity roll. Lovely. I am going to draw a card first because I think that's funny for our listening audience, for our captive 
court of jesters. <laughs> I have a physical tarot deck that I've just been pulling cards out of. We've got we've got the ten of wands. We'll figure out how that one plays in as soon as I roll. Yes, <laughs> lovely. Sensitivity. Goddamn. <laughs> That's a five. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no, she sets down Donna because cats can see ghosts. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes, sure. naturally. Um, yes. The tags underneath ten of wands upright are duty, responsibility, and obligation. Through persistence, late nights, and hard work, you have achieved your accomplishments. Consider expanding. <laughs> you reach out into the universe and you get an overwhelming sense that this guy totally could still be working on something as a ghost. Maybe. That's definitely for sure real. Uh, but you do look He's over and you see that Donna, <laughs> now being loose, has jumped up on the crates where the body is and is attempting to chew oh, on the fuck. dead man's legs. Donna. Donna, I swear to God. I'm gonna try to, like, pick up Donna again. Get back here. Stop chewing on legs. You're not allowed to do. You know. You know you're not allowed to chew on anyone's legs. I've talked to you about this before. You can't eat the murder victim. Donna, you can eat them later. <laughs> Donna, <laughs> is Sandra doing anything? Sandra's just gonna put down her little bag, open it, take out her toolkit, and is just gonna find like a small screwdriver and use it to pry open his mouth. Ooh. I have a thing that I'm looking for. I've read a lot of mystery books. I'm sorry, guys. Why are you apologizing? Nice. This is great. Roll meddling. What's skilled with that? Reason or vitality even? That's a seven or an eight. Sandra has pried open the dead man's <laughs> mouth. Does it? Would you say it looks a little frothy? Just because uh, that is a sign that he actually died by drowning is froth in the mouth, nostrils, and back of the throat. You do not see any frothiness. If you're looking at the back of his throat, though, you see something else. Oh? Well, then I am reaching into the dead man's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you reach into the dead man's mouth. It looks like a scrap of paper. Hmm. And you pull it out, and there's a sequence of numbers written on it. It looks to be three numbers... 29, 38, 52. Mm-hmm. And at this point, um, Debra walks back in to see a cat being held far away from the body. Yeah, you walk you walk back into this room and Cass has just got a cat. It's like, what did he taste like? Did he taste spiteful? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Sandra pulling something out of the dead man's mouth. And the two of you see Debra being like walked in limping he might be a ghost Debra, are you are you okay someone doesn't want us investigating and so they tripped me and i have now sprained my ankle they also threatened me with a gun i feel like that one's a little bit more pressing Debra. actually i would say that the medical injury is a bit more pressing i mean but like the gun there's a gun well there's not a gun anymore there was well she didn't get fucking shot did she he's gone so it's fine they he told me to stop what we're doing, so I think it's safe to say he was in fact murdered. Yeah, so well, uh, so I I opened his mouth, it took me a little bit. I opened his mouth. I found this piece of paper and like, I feel like if we just don't tell the sheriff, we, we could keep going a little. Like, he doesn't have to know. Etienne? Etienne? I'm just gonna look at mm-hmm. the fishmonger guy. Don't say shit. I, my lips are sealed? Yeah, if you tell the sheriff, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really disappointed. Mm-hmm. I knew your mother. What? 
Did you? We came here. We plan. We planned to go fishing, and that's all that happened. Absolutely. You guys plan to go fishing? Oh, fishing! Yeah, you're going fishing. I love fishing. We're gonna go fishing. Yes, we're going fishing. Here's my other thing. You folks, you may want to go talk to the family. Seems like there's some tension. Well, yes, a family member did just die. So kind of does that to you. I could take you out to the. Uh, I could take you out to the yacht if you want. Yeah, that would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Got a little ship. He says ship. It's definitely like a rinky-dink little boat. Um, but he's like, yeah, I've got a ship. Really? I'd love to see it. Yeah, well, you'll see it on Saturday also, but like, oh, that's yeah. That's true, that's true. We do need to go now. Gotta, oh, yes, right, yes. yes. We should go now. Yeah. <laughs> we, you can show me more of your ship on Saturday. You guys head out. What does the ship look like, Sydney? It looks to be a pretty old, like, little fisherman's boat on the side. It's painted the name The Delacourt which you recognize as the last name of the detective in the novels that you like. Mm-hmm. What color is the boat? White. And what about the name? The lettering is red. What is the boat made out of? Wood. What type of wood? What wood, Sydney? <laughs> it's, so, it's like rotted mm. and mm. whatever that you can't quite tell. It's like weathered. You can't tell what kind of wood it is. Anyway, you arrive at the yacht. How fast is the boat? Nope. <laughs> nope it cuts because this is a tv show and so it's just a jump cut wow. it takes zero amount of time inexplicably cast now has donna just wrapped up in her like fucking like old lady cardigan just very <laughs> tightly donna's having a bad time at sea <laughs> oh no oh, no poor baby yeah she's just... she just doesn't like the water <laughs> she's fine Blah. donna donna <laughs> i forgot to mention that when they left sandra's hair suddenly got curlier she just randomly curled her hair before they even got to the fishmonger. <laughs> As you arrive up to the Krauss family yacht, you can see it is blindingly white. Everything is polished, ship-shaped, shiny. You see the name, the Regal Lady, painted in like a fancy cursive. There's some elegant instrumental music kind of playing from a speaker system. As you're stepping aboard this yacht, what do you each see that shows you that these people have way more money than they know what to do with? There's a bowl of fruit, but it's all made of gold and like completely <laughs> inedible. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all the plants are like fake and like, but the nice fake where it looks real, but Deborah knows that they're fake and she's insulted by it. Mm-hmm. There's like at least three pools and no one's in any of them. Mm. <laughs> yes. As you're heading up onto the ship, you see a woman who's just kind of like pacing just back and forth. You would guess by her age that this is probably Allison Krause, the wife of the man who died. She looks over and she's, oh, what is this now? Good afternoon. Oh, we have some questions. Ugh, more cops? D- do I look like a cop? I have a cat. I don't know. Maybe you guys do that now. Nah. No, I know, David. I just, I wanted to know how, like, the family was and everything. Oh. Yeah. We're um, more here for, like, moral support. We're not cops. Okay. It's just losing family is hard. <sighs> it's ridiculous. And honestly, it was so selfish of him because, like, it's the fourth annual Warriors Ball and we've we've been playing this charity event for for veterans with, with testicular cancer and, and it's a week from now. It's a week from now and now... Oh no. He, he goes over. It's just, he was always so selfish. He's I'm, not a thought for anyone else. I can see how the timing of your husband's death is really unfortunate for you. It's, it's unfortunate for the veterans. It's really inconvenient when they don't die on time. 
<laughs> Excuse me? Deborah. <laughs> Ignore her. It's when they don't go when it's their time, you know? Like, it wasn't his time to go. That's all I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really tragic. Yeah. Can can we help uh, with the veterans any? Um, do any of you guys know anything about scheduling, planning? Yes, I know so much. She runs a completely legal league. Shh, shh, it's a community activity. Okay, why don't you roll meddling for me? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which skill? Whatever the charm one is. You know what? Either way, it doesn't matter. That's a four. She narrows her eyes at you a little bit. She's like, look, I'm I'm very busy. I'm I'm just gonna be over here. Just just get out of the way, okay? All right. Can I try and send Donna over to just like sit by her and be comforting and shit? Sure. Or she's just gonna cause a ruckus. We'll see. Distraction or comfort? Either way is a win. <laughs> Don't you have a cat move? Don't you I have a specific do cat have a move? Cat move is that different? Then roll the cat move. Oh, I think I think I get advantage when I yes. Use the cat move. So when you roll with advantage, you roll three dice and you take the highest of the two and add those. Yeah, eight. You set Donna down to go and comfort Allison. Donna just kind of <laughs> runs off and is loose on the ship. Oh, goddamn! And it. so she's currently not in your inventory <laughs> because she's Donna. loose. <laughs> Cass, why would she? Cass, why? I thought she could be. I'm gonna go find Donna. Okay, bye. And you head off towards the cat. Deborah turns to Sandra and is just like, we should see what we can find out. Maybe not. From her, she seems upset. We should go find David. Uh, I don't actually know anyone here, so I'll just look around the ship. Okay, I'll meet you back here in 20 minutes. How about that, Sandra? Yeah. So we will start with. Deborah, you start wandering around. There's an inside area on the yacht. And funny enough, you see David. He seems to be like arranging a few paintings and just kind of like moving a painting back and forth. And he's wearing just like the brightest pink suit that you've ever seen. And he has like a matching hat on. Um, and he's just kind of standing there. He's like, no, no, none of this is right. None of this is right. Deborah, from like a distance to hopefully not scare him as much as she just snuck up behind him like a creep. It's just like, David, honey, it's, uh, how, how are you doing? Yeah, you. (laughs) You don't remember me, do you? I certainly do. What's my name? Um, what are you doing here, ma'am? Well, I was coming to see how you and your family were holding up. Oh, you know, it, it, we're we're great. We're great. Everything's, yeah. What are you doing with the paintings? <sighs> well, I'm opening an art gallery back in Boston, and I only have a couple pieces here. The only thing I can do is just is just work on arrangements and seeing what looks good together. And <sighs> father just had to go and ruin everything that I've worked for for the last. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I I think it does matter. Perhaps take a break? I've never taken a break in my life. Why would I do it now? Because your dad is dead. Okay. He was old and stupid, and he got drunk on a fucking yacht and, you know, fell overboard. Who does that? Well, old, stupid drunks. Yeah. Why are you here? Who are you? I'm Deborah. We met in a plant shop. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I think I remember that. I think I remember that. Yeah, I was getting some possible options for different gallery. You know, got to make it look lively. People like that shit. Yes, they do. They do like it when the plants are alive. And she pointedly looks at all of the dead, not real plants. This is much more cost effective. There's no life to this. It's bright and alive. Look at it. No, it's not. It's plastic. Okay. Anyway, I just, I wanted to know what you were doing when your, when, when your dad went overboard. I'll have you roll meddling for me. Okay. Four. Listen, here's the thing. I didn't see it, but from what I can tell, the man had no vision. He, he had no sense of style or, or going out in a, in a significant or dramatic fashion. You know, there, there was this artist who, who was so committed to his work that he threw himself off the top of a five-story building just, just for his artistic expression. Now that, that is significance. That's a way to go. Tumbling off a deck into the ocean, meaningless, nah, no vision. So you think his death should have been more artistic? Yeah. Okay. If you're gonna go, go with style. I'm sure that's what he was thinking about as he was violently drowning. He kind of shoes you away with a hand, like, physically. It's just like, I, I have to make some calls. I think I'll just leave you to your work. Take a break. Yeah, all right. She just goes back out the room. We will hop over to Sandra. Uh, Sandra's just walking through the ship and is trying to find any doors hidden behind keypad locks or safes or things like that. Anything where she'd need to input numbers. Nice. Why don't you roll meddling for me with reason? That is a 12. Whoa, okay. You wander into Albert Krauss's study. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of like bookshelves. You know, there's a big desk in the middle and a table and You've read mystery novels. You know how this works. You start feeling along the bookshelves mm -hmm. and you pull a book and a door creaks open. Behind it, you see a safe. Nice. I put the numbers on the piece of paper into it. And pop, the door swings open. What you see inside is a stack of documents. You see an envelope for a paternity test. Oh boy. A lot of the information seems to be scratched out, including the like names where it would list a father as well mm -hmm. as the child's name. And you also see a will. As you're flipping through it, you find a little note, something about wanting a section changed. It seems to say cutting David out of the will. Oh, okay. I'm gonna take the note and I'm going to take the envelope and put them in my purse, but I'm going to keep the will where it is. Nice. And close the safe back up. Cass, <laughs> what you doing? I'm running. You're running. <laughs> I'm going after Donna. Why don't you roll a night move for me? As you're chasing after your cat, what could be a bad outcome here? Cass is afraid that Donna is just gonna run straight off of the ship. Not only could Donna go overboard, you could also go overboard. I could. So why don't you roll vitality for me? Six. With a six, you jump forward, 
to grab Donna. Mm -hmm. Donna jumps over the edge of the ship, and you also go no. tumbling over the edge of the God ship. God fucking damn it! <laughs> no, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the fucking crown thing. I do not want to die. <laughs> What do I do to put on a crown again? Do I just do it? It's essentially like describing something about your character or their past. The game encourages people to use these to increase, you know, their successes from, a, you know, one level up. So from a failure to a mixed or a mix to an extreme, anything like that. There's two lists. There is Crown of the Queen, which is prompts for scenes in the present or backstory things. They're more positive. And then there's Crown of the Void, which are tend to be like spooky, scary things that impact your character mm -hmm. and the way that they act in the present. Cool. For, in terms of putting on a crown, there's not a difference though, right? No, it's just the idea is that over the course of a campaign, once you run out of the easier crowns, like the more positive ones, then you start mm. having to make harder choices of when you're going to do a crown. Got it. Got it. I will mark a crown. So which column did you choose from and which prompt from that column did you pick? So I chose off of the crown of the queen list because the crown of the void scares me. As it should. Yeah, no, one of the, well, the last one there is just essentially they die. And considering I just avoided being dead, I don't want to do that. So fair. So. I chose a flashback of your fondest memory with one of your children. Mentioned earlier, her son's name is Jay. When he was just a tiny little kid, meaning like seven, not a baby, he went out with his dad birdwatching because his dad watches birds for money. You know, the thing that people do where they watch birds for money. Of course. And he came back and he was just covered in a whole bunch of dirt. So Cass made him go wash up and get cleaned up and then they made cookies and he talked about how he saw a whole bunch of birds even though she's pretty convinced that it was just one type of bird that his dad kept telling him was different birds <laughs> but it's still one of her kind of favorite memories of him because she got to hear about him having just a great time out with his dad so very nice and that saved me from death a win <laughs> it did the power of motherhood yay so putting on a crown getting a mixed success. What happens is you jump forward and you grab Donna out of midair. Yeah. And you tumble to the ground. Fuck. As you are on the ground, you see a figure dressed in black running frantically up the stairs, like from below deck. And they run right past you. And by the time you turn around, they're gone. Donna bundled Donna back up in the cardigan so Donna can't escape. Deborah would have also seen this person running past away from the direction where David was. Okay. Can I go look down the stairs? Yes. You know in mystery movies where they kind of peek their head around the corner I'm doing that with the stairs. <laughs> yes. In this yacht it's a little bit of a maze. It took Deborah a little bit to walk back from where she was talking to David but you see mm -hmm. that that door is now closed, and there seems to be a red substance seeping out from under the door. Don, does that smell like person? I'm gonna back away and go try to find my fellow murder mavens. Easily enough, you're able to gather the other mavens, and you're in the hallway outside of the door. Yeah, that looks like person. Can I just, like, hold Donna out to it and see if she wants to eat it? <laughs> sure! <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
if Donna wants to eat it, it's person. Roll, roll cat for me. Fuck yeah. Don't question why Donna has these known preferences. Uh, well, cats will do that. That's a 10. That's a 10 on is it person. Mm. Yeah, the cat trots up and immediately just starts like lapping up what you immediately determine oh, to be blood. Oh, no. Nope, Donna. Oh, no. Why you I'm going to immediately put Donna back. It's a person. Donna. Well, I don't think we really needed the cat to tell us that. I wanted to be sure it wasn't jam. Why Donna. would it be jam? There's some like red around the fur on uh, on Donna's mouth. I'm just going to like fucking take her little cardigan and try to like wipe the blood off of Donna's fur. No, no, don't stop it. It's on my cat. It's better than on you. You're implicating yourself. I couldn't kill someone. Your cat eats people. I very much believe that you could kill someone. Uh, should we call the sheriff? I guess. Yes, we should. Sandra calls the sheriff. Ring, 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 ring. And the familiar voice of Sheriff Wyman picks up. Just, Find anything yet? Uh, someone else might be dead. What was that? We didn't. It, we're not looking because there's blood pulling out from underneath the door. It is person. Confirmed. Okay. Well, I would say that that's proof of foul play. I'll be right there. And he hangs up. Okay, so now that we've told him, we can go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, let's go. Deborah opens <laughs> the door. You open the door and see the body... Of David Kraus. Fuck. Ah, fuck. He has a letter opener in his hand, and it looks like he has been, like, slashed across the throat. That's not a very stylish way to go. Mm-hmm. Also, that's a really difficult wound to inflict on yourself. So, uh... It is. You hear out in the hallway just, What's going on out there? It's a voice you haven't heard. Back out in the hallway. Uh, body? No, don't, don't. Yeah. What? Don't tell her that... And you you see a kind of younger woman wander in. Cass would recognize this as Leah, the daughter that you met at the Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Um, At the Home Depot, looking at bird feeders. Yes, and she looks on the ground, and she just screams. Close the door, close, back up, back up, everyone out, close the door. Just everyone, come down, come down, quick! No, 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 I close the door, and I stand in front of it. The sheriff is coming. We're gonna figure this out. The family is beginning to gather in the hallway. Leah Krause is already here. Allison, the wife, has come down. The other daughter, who neither of you have met, Sarah, is just kind of standing towards, like, the back of the crowd. You see a man wearing a captain's hat and another like older man dressed in a nice suit who you would assume to be is some kind of like butler. And Allison, she's like, what, what, what's going on? And Leah has just started sobbing and it's just like, hanging. She's like, I can, I can, I can see if he's a ghost. Would that be helpful? No. What are you talking about? I'm going to see if he's a ghost. No. I'm oh my god, ghost. stop pronouncing it out loud. You're not helping. Maybe it's comforting. <laughs> so so we've got the Empress reversed for ghost. I, I, will, I will roll sensitivity. I roll shit at ghost. Damn. I rolled a five. What does Empress reversed mean? I'm checking. I'm checking. I have rule books. The Empress. The Emperor? No. The Empress reversed. Dependence, attachment, fruitlessness. There's a lack of harmony in your life. Stretching yourself way too thin and placing others' needs before your own is causing unnecessary stress. I also Googled it because you get 
funky things. Um, the Empress Reverse can also mean domestic problems, financial issues, or unwanted pregnancy. <laughs> you get a strong sense. You know nothing about ghosts, but like maybe someone's pregnant. And it was David. <laughs> and it was David. <laughs> She's pregnant. <laughs> Are any of you? Nope, I can't say that. That's going to be very unhelpful right now. Sandra like is just going to like stand next to Leah and be like, do you, do you want a little sweet? Um, I know that it won't help much, but you know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have? What are you talking about? And hands, her a word, and hands Leah a word that's original. Oh, okay. These aren't as good as the strawberry ones, but I'll take it. Oh, I'm sure I've got one. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Hands are one. Thank you. I was just. I was just trying to talk to my friends online. I, 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 I don't know how this could happen while I was on a Discord call and I didn't even hear it in the other room. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I would offer for you to hold the cat, but she's really unhelpful in these situations, I've learned. The older man with the gray hair towards the back just kind of walks forward and is like, why doesn't everyone just go upstairs? I can start dealing with- Is the fishmonger's secret twin. I can clean up this situation. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, 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 you should, you should wait till the sheriff gets here. Don't touch anything. You should come with us. Come with us. Leave that there. Okay, we do have dinner ready upstairs if if anyone is interested in that. Yes, dinner time. No, 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 no. We're gonna lock them all in a room. Who? Everyone. Okay. You have to make sure that everyone's clear of the crime scene. I see. And he just goes over to Allison, the the wife and the mom of the man who also just died, and she seems a little more distressed about this one. He's just like trying to comfort her. You guys. Everyone go upstairs. Yes, let's. You have to have a conference room around here somewhere. The butler's just like, um, I have actually not put all of the food yet into the dining room, so so everyone could sit around the big table. Yeah, you take works. them all up. Yeah. The butler just kind of escorts everyone upstairs, leaving you guys by yourselves. I think perhaps we should um, follow them and stay outside the room, and we should not leave them alone. I don't trust the butler. Are they gonna kill someone else? Uh, no, I I trust the butler. Um. I'm like 50% sure that that was his son that just died. By the way, um, I found out <laughs> while I was in the other room. Hello? What? I just talked to David and I I don't think he killed his father, but he's dead, so it doesn't matter. He honestly still might have, actually. Um, he was about to be removed from his father's will. Oh, and I'm oh. like, pr I found a paternity test. I'll tell you what, Albert was probably not the father. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks, he went straight to Allison. I'm pretty sure it's that guy. The butler? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to ask the cards who his dad is. Well, that's fun. That's fun for this discussion. I have drawn the seven of wands, which is, you may be experiencing imposter syndrome. Stop it. <laughs> hmm. So clearly someone was feeling unworthy mm -hmm. and killed everyone else. I feel like there was a plan between David and the mum. Mm -hmm. I think to keep him in the well and then someone else killed David. She's mad about timing because of the ball, but he was going to get kicked out. And she was mm -hmm. like, she was probably in on it because mm -hmm. David's still her son. Mm -hmm. But I think that one of the sisters yeah. killed David and one of the sisters is the one that left us the clue inside of Albert's mouth. Mm -hmm. David wouldn't do that. He wouldn't want the information to be found. So Allison's in on it, but didn't commit the murder. I think Leah's the one that left the paper in the mouth, but I don't think she's the dark shadowy figure. Yes. There could also be multiple dark shadowy figures. Mm -hmm. Possibly, who would have 
frightened you for looking into it. Allison or David? Who was? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Allison killed David because the whole thing was about keeping yeah. him in the will. But one of the sisters, I think Sarah, might have killed David because they wanted more money out of the will. If he's gone, if he's not in the will, mm. then they get more money from him. And that's why whoever it was led us to the clue mm-hmm. of the safe so that we'd find this out. So David killed Albert, right? Yeah. In conspiracy with Allison, because Allison had an affair with the butler. With the butler, yeah. And to keep David in the will. But David did it too quickly. Mm -hmm. He was meant to wait until after the ball. Or even it could have been planned to happen during the ball. So she was upset because she was upset about the timing and not her husband dying. And then one of the sisters, possibly both of the sisters, led us to the safe. And one of them killed David to get the money from the will. I think it was the one we did not speak to at all. Yes, I do also think it was that one. one clearly. Like we forgot existed. Yes. yes. Yeah, I also think it was Sarah. And I think Leah tried to lead us to the safe, but Sarah decided that that wasn't good enough and just... Oh, well, I met Leah in a, in a Home Depot when my husband died, and I was very distraught, so I doubt she would have committed that terrible crime. She's a nice girl. She looked surprised that something had happened. Mm-hmm. The other one was hanging in the back. Yeah. We've done it. (laughs) All right. Summarize for me your theory. Our theory is that Allison and David had a conspiracy to kill Albert either after or during the Warriors Ball in order to keep David in the will. After Albert died, Sarah and Leah found out that it was those two and they wanted the extra money from getting David removed. So they conspired to lead the authorities to the safe that had all the information, blah, 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 which Leah broke into the place and put the paper in the mouth. But Sarah decided that that wasn't good enough and just decided to uh, scare us off and then kill David, framing it like a suicide so that it's an easier way to get him out of that will. Sweet. Okay. So as far as I can count, there are five clues that you have included, which are the paper that was in the body, the fact that the place was broken into, the paternity test, the note in the will, and the fake suicide. So that's five. So the way that theorizing works is you do the theorize move, roll plus the number of clues incorporated into the theory minus the mystery's Mm. complexity. So the complexity is six and the amount of clues that you have is five. So you have to roll minus one. Okay. Florian's rolling. Yeah, Florian can roll. 10. Fuck yeah. 10? 10. All right, with a 10, you have the correct solution. You have everyone upstairs all gathered into the same room. And as you're standing on the dock, you see the rowboat. (laughs) Etienne and the sheriff are coming up to the yacht and the sheriff kind of climbs up and he's like, all right, right, what's going on? Where is everybody? We've locked everybody in a room together. They're in the dining room and we also know who did it. Interesting. All right. Well, why don't... uh... Hold up. Let me... And Sandra opens up her purse and hands him the three papers that she's got in there and goes, "Uh, these are for your investigation. Uh, Thank you, ma'am. He looks mildly annoyed that you gave him something useful. Yeah. Uh, Those numbers are for the safe in um, Albert's study. His will is still in there. It was really heavy and I didn't want to put it in my bag. Great. I'm so glad that you took all of these other things out of the crime scene. But yes, wonderful. (laughs) 
Etienne is also, he's like, he's also there. He's like, hi. Uh, hi. Shipping a lot of people back and forth across this yacht. Yeah. Busy day. Mm-hmm. You see, like, Allison is looking out. Like, there's like a window. She's like, you can't keep us in here forever. My son is dead. We should probably go in and tell them what happened. Sandra goes, Debra, Debra, you should take this one so you can impress your boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. You got this. You got the Deborah. You got this. So you you solved it single-handedly. Yes, yes. yes. It was it was all me. Yes. All, all it was all you. Uh, <laughs> Deborah walks in the room and is just Sarah killed David. And everyone looks to Sarah. She's like, that is a baseless accusation. I love my brother. You loved him even after he killed your dad. <gasps> Gasps around the room, and the sheriff. She's like, now how would you know that? Well, because David wasn't his son. (gasps) (laughs) He was your son! (laughs) Points to the butler. (laughs) And then she turns to Allison and goes, You and your son conspired to kill your husband so that he wouldn't get removed from the will, correct? I... It's a simple question. That's frankly ridiculous. It's no... I I, need a yes or no. I already know the answer, but it was a yes or no. It was David's idea! Albert had suspected for years... But he never got any evidence, any proof, and and I, I I couldn't let them do that to my boy, our boy. And she looks over at the butler, and he just goes, "I'm so sorry." And they kiss. Oh my god! <laughs> Hold on, we're not done yet. We're, we've got more. Now's not the time. Can you wait? Can you stop making out for like ten seconds? Listen. I may have tried to keep my son in the will, but I did not kill him. We know. That was Sarah. Your daughter did that. <laughs> and Sarah, who you've barely heard a word from, she's like, what? Convincing Sarah. You had basically no reaction to David dying, and Leah's over here snotting up a storm. And, and it's just... Leah, was on a Discord I'm call. I have a Discord girlfriend and I love her so much. Thank you, Leah. You guys found out that David killed Albert and you guys were not happy about that because he was still in the will and you guys, it's like, you're rich. You're, you're allowed to say you just wanted more money from getting him cut out. Like, yeah, you, you need money to see your Discord friends. I don't know what's up with you, Sarah. I didn't even really remember you existed until you like- I didn't really know who you are. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the idea, you know. Yeah, that's pretty smart. You keep to yourself. Usually you don't get caught. In this case, it was your downfall. (sighs) And the sheriff, seeing all of this, seeing one woman who's a little too nonchalant about having been accused of murder, another woman sobbing and, like, saying things both about her dead brother and also her Discord girlfriend, and then (laughs) the other two who have just kind of started making out... (laughs) And he's just looking around there. He's like, is is there anyone that I'm not arresting today? Yeah, don't. I don't think you should arrest Leah because she actually was helpful. Yeah, she's fine. The butler, I don't think the butler had any idea what was going on. Yeah, I don't think he knew. And he stops uh, kissing Allison for a moment to be like, no, I really didn't. My son is dead. I actually didn't know that he was my son until right now. So there's that. You didn't tell him. Mm, well, have fun working through that in, in therapy. The sheriff's just like, this is going to be a really complicated will reading. <laughs> Popping up from the back corner, we get the captain. He's like, so do you want me to just sail us back to shore? Or yeah, that'd be great. Yes, could you? It's like, all right, uh, this this got really messy. Um, 
If anybody is looking for a captain, I am in need of a new job. I'll be around. Not currently. Get my number. Have you ever driven a car? I haven't, but it can't be that different from a yacht, right? Yeah. You've never driven your car ever? I actually haven't. Oh my god, me too. Oh my god. <laughs> you two are perfect for each other. I was actually raised on the sea. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. It's fun. You know, I came over the ocean. Did you? It was like when I met my husband. That's so fascinating. Oh my god. I was on holiday here. We met at the beach. It was so romantic. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. And the, the sheriff has just begun uh, going and, and, and handcuffing, like, most of the family. Um, and he's just like, oh, thank you again, as usual. What was that? Yeah, our hearing is shit. That? You, you <clears throat> thank you again for your assistance. That's the end of the sentence. You're welcome. Happy to help at any time. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Get out of here. We're on a boat. Etienne's like, I'll take you back. I'm staying on the boat. (laughs) You're staying on the boat? Yeah. (laughs) As as two of you, as two of you begin rowing back to shore. Deborah's third wheeling. Deborah? (laughs) Or not Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go back with Etienne. (laughs) I'm at Cass's third wheeling, not Deborah. Cass and Etienne enemies to love us. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. We see... Cass is third wheeling Deborah and Etienne. Cass is gonna do a do a tarot reading for the future of their relationship. Do it. Etienne and um, Please. Deborah. We've got the Three of Cups reversed, um, which is never a good oh, sign. No. Oh boy. Conformity, affair, and people pleasing. Fitting in to please the crowd is prioritizing others' needs before your own. The group you are hanging out with can be closed-minded and judgmental. Yeah, we don't like her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. We don't like her boyfriend. As you are sailing back towards the shore, you are feeling closed-minded and judgmental about the romance that you are seeing blooming before you between Etienne and Deborah. I don't like it. Back on the ship, Sandra and the captain, who you learn is named Captain Pearly. You know, I used to have a friend with curly hair. I used to have several friends with curly hair. You ever heard of the Pink Ladies? I would love to hear more if they're as pretty as you are. Oh my god. <laughs> Be sick. And we cut to a scene of the sheriff standing, looking over to the shore and realizing that his ride has left without him. <laughs> and we cut to credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we think of Brindlewood Bay. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was wild. I love it. I am a whore for mysteries. Yes. I was theorizing that the whole time. Florian was sending us messages the whole yeah, time. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, when David died, he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we thought David did it. And then we were like, fuck it, he did it anyway. <laughs> fun fact, one of the suggested things in here is uh, one of the moves that you can do as the keeper in reaction to a bad role is kill a suspect. One of the descriptions is this is particularly effective oh, no. if you think that one of the suspects is the one that the group is zeroing in on. And I was like, sorry, David, damn. he's going to get it. <laughs> well, all right. I think with a, a little more practice, I think that I, w- I would love to see these old ladies uh, in their mystery solving action again. I would play more. Why did two of these old women start dating boat people? <laughs> I don't oh, know. No. Yeah. No, you, you both started dating boat people and Cass is just like, damn, well, here's my murder cat. Yeah, here's 
<laughs> likes the taste of human flesh. Which definitely has no no mysterious origin whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. All right. Thank you for listening to our boat themed kind of half murder mystery and half like dating show (laughs) reminder that the game that we were playing is brindlewood bay created by jason cordova you can find this game on drivethroughrpg.com it's only 15 dollars for a pdf download and i would say that it's well worth it you can find us at Tabletop Clowns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can use those platforms to tell us the very vital information of, do you know the origin of the clown die? Because if you do, you legally have to tell us. Yeah, we need to know where that came from. We need to know. I'll, gi- I'll give you five whole, five whole American dollars if you tell me the origin of the clown die. Uh, you could also email that to us at tabletopclownsociety at gmail.com mm-hmm. and give us a rating on iTunes. Let us know what you think about Greece. Uh, go give a, a rating to Greece, and if you like the show, tell a friend, because that kind of support goes a very long way, and it would mean a lot to us. Tell your friends about Greece. Don't eat people. <laughs> don't eat people. Don't eat people. Don't kill your husband. Don't fuck boatmen. Well, unless you're into that. Or maybe do. Or do. Thanks for coming to the circus. Honk. Honk. What is 3D printing? How does the technology behind it work? And what do you really need to know to succeed? I'm Andy, and with the First Layer podcast, we'll go through printing types and history with everyone from hobbyists to armorsmiths for an in-depth look at 3D printing as a whole. Listen to gain the first layer of knowledge to help you succeed with this exciting new technology. Hope you tune in.